and welcome to today's episode of the Pink Velvet Couch, where we talk about women's reproductive health. My name is Emmanuel. I'm a midwife and a mama, and I'm really happy to share the episode today that I recorded with Corey, who is also a fellow midwife and who shares with us her journey with PCOS and infertility. So please take the time today to tune in and don't hesitate to connect via Instagram or Facebook if you have any feedback or if you want to share with me anything that you would like to have addressed on the pink velvet couch. This is your space. This is a space where we talk about health, about our lives, and uh, no topic is off limit. Thank you so, so much for being here with me today and to... Uh, be here to talk a little bit more about your journey with infertility. I think this will be so beneficial to many, many people out there. Um, so my first question is is very general. If you would like to tell me a little bit more about your story. Yeah, so uh, when I was a teenager, I started to get like hair growth on my, like the underside of my um, chin, like, like my lower jaw sort of neck area. And... So that was in the 90s. Um, I started to do some research and uh, ended up learning about polycystic ovarian syndrome, which was sort of a new condition at the time. Went to see a doctor who confirmed clinically that I likely had PCOS. Uh, And so that diagnosis came when I was about 19 years old, I want to say. So I knew from that time that I probably would have a hard time getting pregnant or not be able to get pregnant and uh, <laughs> so obviously that's like not ideal information to get when, when you're yeah. just entering adulthood um, since then like have never so I, I have had one serious relationship where we tried for a little while to have kids I did I want to say five or six rounds of fertility treatment with Clomid and um so Clomid to induce ovulation and then a shot to Clomid to mature the follicles and then a, a trigger shot to induce ovulation and then timed intercourse, which is so sexy. And um, after after the five or six failed cycles, I just couldn't, like we could have, we could have gone on to do more invasive stuff. But for me, I couldn't handle not just the heartbreak for me every month when I did it conceived but for my partner too right like it was his journey just as much as it was mine so I stopped we stopped doing fertility treatment at that point and it probably good that we did because we ended up not together um and now I'm with a partner who decided to have a vasectomy in his 20s and so pregnancy just isn't an option for us at this point um it's interesting like being a midwife and working with so many pregnant women and bringing babies into the world and also on the other side of things like having been through this journey with infertility and not being able to conceive and people constantly asking do you have any kids when are you going to have kids why don't you have any kids and like having to tell the story that way um i think overall like i i feel conflicted still about all of it because there's this narrative that you know, in order to be a responsible human, you reproduce in order to be a, in order to be, um, what is it? Uh, in order to be a woman, you have babies. Like that's just what women do. 
And uh, I never really decided that I didn't want to have kids. And the interesting thing is, like, the effect of PCOS is mitigated with age. So the older you get, the less severe the symptoms are, and the more likely it is. Probably today at 42, I would be able to get pregnant super uh, easily because um, the, the symptoms just have almost completely disappeared for me by now. But also at 42, it's not not wanting to go on that journey anymore at this point. So, um, yeah, I've, I've like, I've done a lot of thinking and learning. Like there's no real easy or good way to get a kid if you can't make one yourself. Um, and it feels, it feels tremendously unfair, but also it's not something that anyone did to me. It's not something that I did to myself. It is, it just is what it is. And so, yeah, I feel like at this point in time, I've made peace with it. Yeah, and do you feel like when people are kind of questioning you, and do you feel like there's ever kind of any inappropriate things that are said, either by family or 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 people are generally respectful about asking you about your journey um, in terms of if you want kids, etc.? I don't really, um, I would say I don't really get into it too deeply with people like when people people ask like my clients ask me all the time and I just say you know I feel like I'm doing my part by catching your babies (laughs) (laughs) that's good (laughs) yeah um yeah every so often you get someone who wants to talk about it a little bit more and that's usually uncomfortable and I just try to deflect but I think that asking people about their family status in general is pretty rude like it's none of your business why I can't have kids and maybe it's like a tremendously deep-seated open wound for me so how about we just not talk about it yeah um, culturally it seems appropriate for people to do that so I just kind of try to be good humored about it and try to deflect a little bit yeah absolutely yeah people are too old now (laughs) (laughs) but yeah I, I do feel like like in general people feel like they can ask about like why don't you have kids are you gonna have kids and it can be so triggering for some so many people like it's a yeah it's not a simple question of like yes or no or yeah um and of course as a midwife i joke too right like oh when are you gonna have your next baby like i'm discharging from someone from care at six weeks and (laughs) telling them i look forward to seeing them again in a couple years and and i feel like that's maybe like I'm maybe one of the only people in the world who can ha- have that discussion a little bit, but even then I'm not serious. Like it's not up to me to tell people to have more kids or when they should have more kids or how to have more kids. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. There's this weird like cultural acceptance about being curious in that way mm-hmm. that, um, that is really not great for some people. And in terms of the, the services that you received, like how, how were your interactions with uh, the fertility clinic and how was that kind of, you know, every month that you were going through that, how, how was it emotionally? I know you mentioned it that it was awful. really hard. It was, it was awful. The doc that, so the doc that I saw was Dr. Sapita in Hamilton. And he, like, it's, he, he had it down to, like, his office was a finely tuned machine. So you would, leading up to your ovulation, you would go in, Every day or every other day, there was like between 7 and 8.30, all the women who were trying to conceive that month would go, that you would get an ultrasound, they would look at your follicles, then you would go for your trigger shot, then you would go back two weeks later and they would do blood work to confirm whether you were pregnant or not. It was awful. It was so much work. Like, And we only just scratched the surface of the stuff you, that some people do to get pregnant. 
and it was just it was awful it was awful <laughs> I would I wouldn't I wouldn't want to do it again. I wouldn't want I would I would never recommend somebody to do it. And then heartbreaking, right? Like you're you're doing everything that you should be doing and your body just isn't working and so heartbreaking. Like why why can't I do this? Why can't I make this thing? I'm following all the directions. I'm doing what I should be doing. Why isn't it working? So heartbreaking every month. Yeah, absolutely. Were you offered any support while you were going through it? By the clinic or for to, to kind of discuss? I, that's a really great question. And, and now that I'm thinking about it, I don't think I was. Like I would chat with the fertility doc himself, but he has hundreds and hundreds of other patients. So it's not like he had an hour to sit and give me um, personalized advice or provide emotional support. And I don't think that, I don't think that support services were something that the clinic offered. Okay. So what you would have had would have been whatever you would have set up for yourself or people yeah, around you. And yeah. It was up to you, basically. Yeah. Um, what would you say to someone else who's maybe currently going through infertility or starting a process with a fertility clinic? Is there, would you have any advice for them? Or? I don't think that I'm the best person to give that advice because I didn't try very hard, right? Like, even though it felt like I was trying with every fiber of my being, like, I really gave up just at the very beginning of the journey. So I would be maybe a better person to hold space and and let that person talk through their own journey. And, and I mean, everybody... everybody is differently motivated. I would say people have different like people have different ways of experiencing things like that and so um yeah yeah i mean if anything make sure you have a good support system make sure you have a good support system and you know hope that their relationship is strong because it's hard it's a hard thing for a relationship to infertility yeah absolutely it definitely must be trying to go through that roller coaster every month on top mm-hmm. of just day-to-day normal life yeah yeah um, is there anything that helped you in terms of when you mentioned you kind of feel more at peace now, not maybe not completely, but is there anything in your journey that, that helped you? To be I think like- aging, <laughs> like just getting older and thinking about how, you know, my life is this way now and am I, do I want my life to change at this point? And, uh, yeah, I think infertility, well, I mean, I think one of the things that, infertility does to people is it, it I feel like it makes you stop and think about why you want to have kids right like why am I doing this thing why am I work, working so hard at this thing like is this actually going to be something that is a net positive for me in my life whereas I think that you know, people get pregnant because they forgot to take their birth control or people get pregnant because they don't understand how reproduction works or or, 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 right? Like, instead of instead of having kids being the thing you do by default, it's a thing that you really have to um, contend with because it's hard work. So, so I think that, like, you know, if I could do it again, would I have tried harder? Would I have adopted? Would I have? And then, and my and my current partner and I, like, we talk about fostering kids all the time. Um, we talk about adopting kids. It's not something that's that's a conversation that's completely off the table, but if I could go back and do it again, like feeling how I feel today, I don't know if I would do things differently. And 
the pressure is not as great anymore now that I'm in my 40s. Like, 40 is late to be starting a family. And uh, so that's probably that's probably the main reason why I'm feeling more at peace with it. Like, my window is just closing. Although every so often I have these, like, desperate feelings of regret because my window is closing. I'm like, mm-hmm. if I'm ever going to do it, it has to be done now. But um, I think, I don't know. I don't think you can ever, I mean, I think it's like, it's like losing a, a pregnancy or losing a child even. Like, it's not something that you can ever completely, completely recover from. It just becomes a part of who you are, right? You learn how to make space for it. And, yeah. And, uh, yeah. I, yeah. Can, I completely, completely agree. It's, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's something that continues to live through. It just doesn't go away. You don't erase it. It changes yeah, exactly. who you are. Yeah, exactly. Um, and for en- any person who's living with PCOS, would you have anything that you would like to say? Like, for example, one thing that I didn't know is that it actually, the symptoms go, not go away, but diminish with time. I didn't know that. So I feel mm-hmm, like you yeah. have a lot of knowledge that could be really useful for anyone who has polycystic ovarian syndrome. I would, my advice would be get yourself to someone who knows about PCOS because it is a really prevalent disease in our society these days. It's not actually even a disease. PCOS is a collection of symptoms uh, that have sort of a common pathway but manifest differently in, in different people. So find a specialist who knows about PCOS, see if you can get your doctor referred to an endocrinologist and, um, get those symptoms managed and uh yeah it's a yeah, pcos is a thing in an in, unto itself like uh um it never goes away like you have it for your whole life but the fertility part of it gets better with age mm-hmm. and also like over the course of my adult life like I've, I've lost a crap ton of weight and so that diminishes the symptoms too right like the, like like we're thinking these days that PCOS is actually uh, heritable and you inherit it from your father's side of the family. So so men who have high blood pressure, men who have heart disease, men who have the metabolic syndrome often produce daughters with PCOS. Oh, wow. So it's very interesting. Yeah, it's a very interesting disease. And, um, and so with PCOS, metabolic syndrome is another manifestation as well, although not everybody ends up with the metabolic syndrome. But polycystic ovarian syndrome itself means having multi, like having multiple cysts in your ovaries, and I never had those cysts on my ovaries, even though I had all of the classic symptoms of PCOS. So it's, it's an interesting uh, disorder. It is, I think our understanding of it is evolving. I'm certainly, like when I was diagnosed, it was, 24 23 years ago our understanding of it has evolved even over the even over those 23 years so it won't surprise me to learn that pcos is not one disease like if it's more like a cancer right where it's uh, a disease it's something that manifests similarly but there's different ideologies and different um different pathways and different origins hmm. anyway my advice would be find a doctor that listens uh get yourself to someone who knows PCOS and, and there are, there are, it's manageable, right? Like that's how we treat it as we manage the symptoms. So there are ways to manage the symptoms. Mm-hmm. So basically finding a specialist, finding someone who's listening and who has the knowledge and who will work with you. 
Yeah, exactly, exactly. And then I think um, if you can, so so we say weight loss for PCOS, right? And when you lose weight, sometimes that restores your fertility. So it's all tied up with, like I said, the metabolic syndrome, insulin resistance, like it's all tied up together. Thank you so much, Corey. And I wish you a beautiful day. And thank you for your wealth of knowledge. And you really express yourself in such a beautiful way. Thank you from our listeners.